This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is five minutes past nine o'clock, the seventh day of January, 2021. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call. I want to start um, by saying those of you that uh, tune in and uh, are here for the sports, you know, and I get that that's what this is all about, uh, just fair warning, uh, we're going to have... <laughs> Uh, more than sports this morning. This is uh, what happened yesterday in our country uh, was abhorrent. It was just, it was sickening. I mean, I watched the television with my mouth open most of the day and I got angry. You know, I wasn't, you know, I knew it was going to be a quiet sports night last night, so I wasn't sure what we'd really, you know, what we were, where we were going to go with the show today and uh, what happened yesterday. I changed that in a hurry. I mean, I literally was sitting uh, in in my chair yesterday and just getting more and more angry as the day went on. And, and you know, not since 1814 had we seen things like this. And when in 1814, it was the British that had uh, invaded our country during the War of 1812 that set fire to the Capitol building. This, this was our own people. These were Americans doing this. It was just, look, this was, we knew this was coming. Something, there had to be a breaking point at some uh, spot along the way in this nightmare presidency of Donald Trump. And what happened yesterday is laid squarely at his feet, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And as I have said many times on this air, I have been a Republican since I was a young man. When I became a registered voter, I I, I registered with the Republican Party because I am a conservative-leaning person. I believe in smaller government. I believe in not having the government telling me what to do all the time. I believe in capitalism. I believe, uh, you know, in a lot of things the Republican Party stands for. Now, I, you know, we diverge in a couple of places. Like, I believe I'm pro-choice, but, you know, that's, you know, that's obviously goes against the uh, far right of the Republican Party. But I am, I consider myself a moderate Republican and somebody that, uh, has voted voted for Republicans up until Donald Trump. Well, no, I, I voted for a third party when uh, John McCain was running simply because I didn't want uh, Sarah Palin anywhere near the White House. But other than that, I have been a Republican voter. I'm proud to say I didn't vote for Donald Trump either time. But what happened yesterday? He started it. 
with that rally. I mean, well, he started it four years ago with dividing this country, right? I mean, we have never seen the schism that we have in this country the way we have now. We have a divide in this country as wide as the Grand Canyon. We had people running around the Capitol building yesterday with Confederate flags. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Abraham Lincoln, you know, fought to keep this democracy together, to put down the Confederacy, and we had Confederate flags in our capital yesterday. Unbelievable. I don't even know where to begin with all this, other than the fact I have so much anger. You know, I, uh, I just... I was apoplectic, and it was funny. My wife was working yesterday, and she had heard about it at work, and she gets home last night, and she hadn't seen the pictures. And she comes home last night, and she's watching the coverage with me, and she is, like, yelling at the television. I mean, she just, all of a sudden, she got she got wound up in a hurry. You know, we have Donald Trump at a rally in the afternoon saying, after this, we're going to walk down, and I'm going to be there. We're going to fight to stop the steal of the election. Rudy Giuliani saying, let's have trial by combat. Holy Christ. And then we have, inexplicably, and I'm not sure why this happened, and there's going to have to be some explanations, but at one point the police actually moved barricades to let some people pass, and then, of course, all hell broke loose. But why were they moving barricades? You know, and, and a lot of people want to know, well, why wasn't there rubber bullets? Why aren't people being shot? Why aren't people being arrested? Well, the bottom line is when this happened, the police were overwhelmed. I mean, they were outnumbered, you know, 100 to 1. It would not have gone well. Uh, it would have been carnage on both sides. You know, and so there, there's were some failings on law enforcement side. They People were not prepared for this and there's no reason why they shouldn't have been there this has been talked about for weeks on social media donald trump for god's sake on his twitter account said that there was going to be a huge rally you know on january 6th be ready you know all these far right wing nut jobs you know on social media had been talking about this for a long time there's no reason that they should not have been prepared for this there is no reason that the national guard or the U.S. Army, or the FBI, uh, any law enforcement or, or military agency you want to think about should have been there to protect our capital yesterday because we damn well knew this was coming. Unless you were living in a box, you knew this was coming. And ladies and gentlemen, the United States got what it deserves. I'm pissed. You know, you want to you want to elect this nut job, this egomaniac. What did you think was going to happen? And we saw it before he was ever elected. The way he ridiculed people, the names, the you know, uh, the the bigotry. It all it, it all happened before the election. You know, it was even before he was ever elected. And then it just got worse. So 
there should be no surprise here. It doesn't make it any less sad. But good God. And, and you know what, really, you know, and I don't, on my social media, I, I have to, I'm on Twitter because I, I need to, you know, publicize the station. I'm on Facebook because I've been on Facebook forever, and it's that's more about friends and family. Twitter's more about, you know, publicizing the station, although I do, I, I have a Facebook page for Sports Country Radio as well. But I refrain from political posts for the most part because there's just no sense in it be especially now because the divide is so large in this country that even if even if you have a valid point nobody's going to listen on the other side it's not like you're going to change somebody's mind so i don't even bother but i was so mad yesterday that i went on facebook and i was like you know this was this was we asked for this folks and you know it was uh It got a lot of reactions and, and, you know, and mostly, you know, from my folks positive, but you know, I have a friend and this is somebody that I have known for 35 years. I coached basketball with him and I, he was, he and I were fellow assistant basketball coaches at the United States Coast Guard Academy. This is a guy who was a high school educator. He was a high school principal. Okay. This is an intelligent man. This is a, I love this guy, but I can't understand his support for Donald Trump. I can't. I haven't been able to reconcile that as long as I've known him. And we just agree to disagree most of the time. But even after this is what bothered me yesterday. And this is, this is what worries me about this country right now. Even after what we saw at the Capitol yesterday, he was still spewing hate about Joe Biden. This wasn't even about uh, about what happened yesterday. He didn't even want to acknowledge that what happened yesterday was wrong, that storming the Capitol and creating mayhem and destroying property and forcing legislators to run for their lives was wrong. How can you not acknowledge that? And, you know, his response was wait till brain dead, sleepy socialist Joey gets done with four years. China will own us. What? You know, and that this is the problem that Donald Trump has built. He didn't even mention Joe Biden. He called him Sleepy Joey because that's what Donald Trump does. It's about name-calling. You know, so, and this is what bothered me. Even, look, even some of the legislators, a lot of the ones that had, were going to object to the electoral votes yesterday, they backed down in a hurry. You know, they went there and they were just like, oh, boy, you know, uh, especially in, in the Senate. They backed down immediately. They were like, OK, yeah, that no. Kelly Loeffler, who just lost an election in Georgia, went up and said it's abhorrent and just was very meek and was like she just was like, I, you know, there, there will be no more objections from me. 
and other senators followed suit. House of Representatives is a little bit different. You still had you had some of these grandstanding a-holes that were still trying to find a way to get their objections on the record. So like they would make a little comment about how this was wrong. But by the way, this is this is what happened in Pennsylvania and this is what happened in Michigan. They they found a way to get their little digs in. You know, and I was glad to see that the Senate reopened last night and the House reopened and they got it done and they they certified that Joe Biden is our next president. Look, I you know, I voted for Joe Biden because I had to. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Joe Biden's in the world, but I know that what's been going on in this country is wrong and we need to fix it. And Trump wasn't going to fix it. Can you imagine if he had gotten four more years? Whew. You know, and and the guy that irritated me last night and, you know, after it all was said and done and they got everybody, the House comes back in. Then you have Lindsey Graham, who has been the president's butt boy, along with Mitch McConnell for the last four years. You know, uh, finally standing up and saying, I'm out. Enough is enough. You know, and making jokes and, you know, thinking it's funny and, you know, saying that Joe Biden won, which is great that he admitted that. But he was kind of he was kind of, uh, you know, he was trying to be funny, I guess. But I guess he thinks he's like some hero now because he has split with the president and said, oh, no, 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 I can't take it anymore. You know, uh, Lindsey Graham, everybody's going to remember how much you were in the tank for Donald Trump. You know, and I just keep going back to what happened yesterday. I mean, seeing these images of, you know, people sitting, you know, in the, in the, people's offices with their feet up the the pictures of after they left the offices of the of the destruction papers all over the floor things broken i saw him trying to smash windows in the capitol building i i i still can't wrap my head around that doesn't happen in the united states of america it doesn't this is what happens in third world countries you know and I, you know, look, I, he's got 13 days left. Okay. He's out of here in 13 days and we just got to survive 13 days. And, you know, after surviving yesterday, you know, I think we're going to be fine, but there's a lot of people this morning calling for the, uh, for, for people to, uh, invoke the 25th amendment amendment to the constitution and get Donald Trump out of there. Now, what's the, the, for those of you that aren't aware, the 25th amendment was actually created uh, after John F. Kennedy was assassinated, there was no provision uh, in our Constitution about a clear line of succession when you know when the sitting president is disabled or killed or dies or whatever. So it was ratified in 1967, and it formalized the the practice for the vice president to permanently take over if the president dies or resign. And it gave the president and the Congress shared power to replace the vice president. That's great. It was Birch Bayh who wrote this law. Birch Bayh was a longtime senator, and he was the one who, who authored the amendment to the Constitution. You know, And part of this 25th Amendment uh, allows for the cabinet and the vice president 
to remove a president if he is unfit to continue his duties. Now, it's pretty nebulous as to what exactly that means. You know, a lot of people think it means because, you know, if somebody is, you know, incapacitated because of a stroke or something like that. But Birch Bayh, who authored the, the amendment, wrote a book called The One Heartbeat Away, Presidential Disability and Succession. And in that book, he wrote uh, that he knew that there were going to be some rare instances when a president's uh, team, the cabinet, the vice president, would dispute his ability to serve. And he said this, and this is a quote from his book. He said, you know, fellas, we've talked about this problem a hundred times. He said the only time it would present itself, the only time the president would say I'm well and able and the vice president and cabinet would disagree would be if the president was, and this is a direct quote, was nutty as a fruitcake. (laughs) This is the guy that authored the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. So he knew that there was a chance that that we could have a president one day that was, as he put it, nutty as a fruitcake. Well, we got one of those. I mean, so that alone tells you that, you know, there could be a movement and people have to, and it has been whispered about in the cabinet and among staffers for almost his entire presidency. I mean, this is, uh, this is as close to, leading an insurrection and and calling for the overthrow of the U.S. government as you can get. And that's what Donald Trump did yesterday with that crowd. You could make a case he's nutty as a fruitcake and they should invoke the 25th Amendment. Now, with 13 days left, is it worth it? You know, it's probably something because if. If there's a battle in this, if the president just, you know, disagrees, well, then it has to go to the House and Senate, and then two-thirds majority of both the House and the Senate have to agree to remove them. We would spend the next 13 days going through this, and, you know, it's unlikely that it would happen. You know, because people say, well, you know, he, you know, he, he was stupid, but he's not, you know, we, you know, he's been here long enough. We, we have to, you know, let's just, you know, move along. Even Mike Pence, last year, you know, when when that was mentioned, he said, ah, you know, that's a, you know, absurd, absurd idea. And I don't know if it's absurd, but but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, there has been talk that perhaps the uh, the House of Representatives needs to uh, put out another article of impeachment. There wouldn't be a Senate trial because not enough time. It would be more symbolic than anything. It would he would be the first president to ever be impeached twice? <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, we survived yesterday. It was ugly. It is forever uh, a black mark on this country's history. And I hope that it is going to be a lesson to those of us, you know, and I say us because I'm part of the American public and we decided as a group that it was a good idea to put uh, a uh, TV reality star, and, and and that's what he is. You know, you can say what you want about you know the, how he built his billions, and 
you know, his real estate empire and yada, yada. But this is also a guy, he's a billionaire, but he's also lost billions. He's declared bankruptcy two or three times. And I guess we're supposed to congratulate him for, you know, recovering from that. I, I don't know. But this is what we get when we want a non-politician in the White House. You know, and I think back to, you remember when Ross Perot was running as a third-party candidate? Back in the uh, 80s. Remember that? You know, this is a guy who, you know, tried to organize his own group to go in and rescue the hostages in Iran. And this is a guy that, uh, you know, from Texas and, you know, shoot from the hip kind of guy, billionaire. And he ran for president and he got a lot of support. Matter of fact, I think when all was said and done, he ended up getting 15 or 20 percent of the vote. I mean, it, 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 it. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but, but you, if do you remember, and this is a guy who was a non-politician, he ran a company, but you remember towards the end when all of a sudden Ross Perot was nutty as a fruitcake, he started talking about seeing things on his lawn and he started making these wild claims. And this was just before the election. And I, if he hadn't done that, I think there was a chance that we could have had a third party candidate elected in this country. But he kind of went off the rails at the end. And Donald Trump was off the rails before before he ever got in the White House. But maybe this is a lesson to us, you know, that be careful what you wish for. You know, and I don't know how we recover from this. I don't. I, you know, I, I hope that Joe Biden is going to be able to heal this country a little bit. But I worry about that. This country isn't going to heal for a long time. There are still people, despite what happened yesterday, like my friend, uh, uh, you know, that, that I've known for 35 years that still refuse to admit that yesterday was wrong and still want to, instead of talking, looking in the mirror at what you've created, instead of doing that, you still want to continue to point fingers at the other side and say, yeah, but. Well, we did this, but yeah, they're going to be much worse. China's going to own us. I mean, that's the problem that we have here. You know, and, you know, we, and here's the other thing. You know, all of a sudden people are starting to resign from uh, Trump's staff and, you know, Melania Trump's staff, you know, her, her chief of staff resigned yesterday and a bunch of other people uh, resigned yesterday that were, you know, staffers. They weren't cabinet members, but they were staffers. Mike Mulvaney resigned this morning, who's now an envoy to Northern Ireland as part of the uh, Trump group. He resigned today saying, I, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to hear that crap. You know, spare me. You know, all these, you know, uh, uh, I've enough is enough. You know, so now we're going to have a bunch of people resign 13 days before he's going to leave office. Jesus, you knew this guy was an idiot two minutes into his is to his term and now you're going to wait till 13 days before he's you know out of here to say oh i'm leaving you already knew you were leaving because he's out of office in 13 days so you know don't try to come off looking like some hero because you're going to resign 13 days before his term's up that's that's just you know come on you know i'd rather the people in his cabinet say you know, invoke the 25th amendment, which isn't going to happen, but I'd rather they do that than everybody suddenly, uh, you know, resign because they can't take it anymore. Jesus.
Come on. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, got a few more things about this, and then we do have some sports news we'll get to. But uh, I, I feel a little bit better, but I'm going to be angry about this for a long time. You know, and I have some soul searching to do. I talked about this yesterday, you know, on, on my Facebook page. You know, I, I this has been a crisis for me, a crisis of conscience, I call it, for the last four years. I, I, you, know, life, you know, a lifelong Republican, and this is what my party has become. What do I do with that? You know, when I don't align with the liberal thinking, you know, what do I do with that? I'm not sure. You know, do I become an independent? You know, and I, I always believe you got to take a stand one way or the other. I, you know, being an independent kind of, that's those people, those, like wafflers. I want to be on one side or the other, you know, and it's been a problem for me to have somebody like, Donald Trump in there and that I can't identify with. And look, I supported George W. Bush the first time he became president, but then the whole, you know, he kind of went off the rails with the whole Iraq thing. He kind of became unhinged a little and we got involved in way more than we should have, which bothered me a lot. But Jesus, I mean, George W. Bush uh, looks like Abraham Lincoln compared to Donald Trump. So I, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going to go, but you know, that's, that's, that's for another day. It's 29 minutes past the hour. Take a break. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. And uh, one of my college uh, my college friends, Dave Massey, just checked in, and he said that uh, he left the Republican Party when Trump got elected. Yeah, you know, I I, I get it. And, I you know, I, I would have to say that I'm probably leaning in that direction. You know, it's it's a uh, it, it's tough, you know, and I was I was thinking about this last night. My wife and I are planning a move the end of next year and uh, or end of this year, I should say. And we're planning to move to North Carolina. We're we're moving to red country, you know, and uh, a lot of the people that, uh, you know, are huge Trump supporters that think this guy walks on water live in that neck of the woods. It's going to be difficult for me. And it's going to be one of those things where, you know, we always know that politics is a slippery slope and it's something that you want to be very careful about talking about in big, you know, in, in social gatherings and stuff, because nothing can ruin a night uh, than talking politics and religion. Those are two things that can send a conversation in the wrong direction in a hurry. You know, and when I get down there and and we move down to the Franklin, North Carolina area, which is down on the Tennessee, Georgia border, right in the corner of North Carolina, uh, it's a beautiful area. But I'm going to have to be very, very careful and kind of keep my politics to myself. I'm just going to have to. Um, You know, and, and what happened at the Capitol yesterday, it was gross. Well, guess what? It happened around the country. It happened, you know, in Georgia. Our militia people were surrounded the Georgia Capitol building yesterday. Uh, rioters stormed the state house in Kansas. Moved into the rotunda there before, you know, gathering in a circle. St. Paul, Minnesota, mob gathered, uh, entered the uh, Capitol building, banged on the door of the House press gallery. At least a thousand protesters gathered at the state Capitol in Phoenix. Somebody brought a guillotine. Really nice. Uh, you know. Texas, they had to close the Capitol grounds in Austin. Hundreds of people had gathered there, Trump supporters. Uh, Same issue in Colorado. Same thing in New Mexico. I mean, come on. 
so you know this this wasn't just you know I mean what happened in Washington was visible because all the media was there but there were issues all around the country because of this and people around the world oh having a having a ball with this you think China and Russia aren't loving this you know, and they're holding it up as the American hypocrisy because we talk about what a great democracy we are and, you know, how smoothly our country runs. And, and now, look, we've become no different than Venezuela or Belarus. I mean, that's what it looked like yesterday, right? I mean, you know, even our friends are like, you know, uh, you know what? The, the foreign minister uh, in Ireland yesterday he said that we got to call it for what it is, a deliberate assault on democracy by a sitting president and his supporters attempting to overturn a free and fair election. The world's watching. He's right. Absolutely right. You know, Iran's loving this. You know, I mean, so, you know, Donald Trump just continues to do damage to this country. Now, the sports world reacted to this, and obviously, you know, there were at a couple of uh, games, guys took a knee. I think they walked off the floor temporarily in the Celtics heat game yesterday. Um, ben Watson, former tight end for the Patriots, he said, America, we're getting exactly what we deserve for not holding our leadership, namely the president of the United States, to a standard of decency, respect, and honor that we should, ex- we should expect from our young children. Amen. We got exactly what we deserved for electing that moron. Exactly. And anybody that's, you know, listening to my show that supports Donald Trump, you know, I hope that after you looked at what happened yesterday, you you look in the mirror and say, well, maybe, you know, maybe all this rhetoric wasn't so great after all. Bill Russell yesterday, former Celtics great, Hall of Famer. So what do you what do you imagine it would have been like if those protesters yesterday had been black? He wasn't the first person to say that yesterday, but he was right up there and you know, he he's right. Think about that. What would it have been like? With what has gone on in this country, with the racial divide that we have in this country right now that has been spurred on by the president and his cronies, what do you think would have happened? There would have been a lot of bloodshed. There would have been shots fired. There would have been, you know, it would have been, you know, Bill Russell said, how long would it, would it take to deploy the National Guard if they were black and how many would be dead? This is not America. A sitting president did this. How did they not know it would happen? Brad Stevens, coach of the Celtics. We elected a president who luckily is on his way out and others that have not shown that kind of grace. It's been consistent. He said it's disgraceful and I'm looking forward to two weeks from now. Aren't we all? You know, Grant Williams, what's going on in America that we live in is disgusting. The fact that this story will be told in our history is something that isn't shocking, but something that should never happen again. We must be better. Yeah. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, checking. Doc Rivers had a really long rant about it yesterday. Doc Rivers, very thoughtful. Uh, Look, LeBron James, a bunch of other uh, black 
athletes all said the same thing, though. If this protest had been black, can you imagine when the Black Lives Matter protests had gone on? If it if they had done what Donald Trump supporters did yesterday, there would have been death, a lot of it. Now, there was a death yesterday. Actually, there were four. I think three of them were probably heart attacks. One of them was a shooting. A woman, a U.S. Air Force veteran. Now, I don't know how long she was in the Air Force, and I don't care. She looks like she was still fairly young, but she was an Air Force veteran. Was part of the group that was trying to break down the barricades inside to get through a door inside the Capitol building. One of the policemen fired a shot, hit her in the chest, and it killed her. That's tragic. You know, I'm not going to say she got what she deserved. A lot of people have. But it's tragic. You know, and it, you know, and her family put out a statement that she was always very passionate about things she believed in. Well, that passion, you know, we can all have passion for things we believe in. But we have to we, we have to temper that. You know, we can't we can't just go, you know, you can't go running off and doing that because you're passionate about something. You know, I, I'm passionate about the Red Sox winning the World Series every year, but I'm, I'm not going to storm the offices at Fenway Park and beat the crap out of the owner when they don't. I mean, they, that's essentially what's going on, right? You know, we didn't win the election, so we're pissed, and we're going we're gonna to storm this place until we get our way. Bitch, you know, that's what you're doing. You know, and, and everybody wants to know, Uh, why weren't there more arrests yesterday? Well, there weren't more arrests because there weren't enough cops. Capitol Police, Washington, D.C. Police, FBI, there weren't enough. You know, by the time they got there, it was too late. But make no mistake, there's going to be arrests. There's going to be a lot of arrests. You know, and the other thing about this is, is what's amazing is a lot of the people, they're going to face like trespassing charges. You know, there'll be some people that can, that they'll get more for, but a lot of them, it's just trespassing. It's a slap on the wrist. It's not even a felony. What, what happened yesterday? That may change. There's going to be some new laws on the books after that, but there will be arrests. There's all those still pictures of, you know, these idiots with war paint on and these stupid ass getups, getups they were wearing. Uh, there's, there's video. There's still pictures. There's surveillance cameras. There are plenty of ways where you can be tracked. Now, one guy was stupid enough saying, hey, and he gave his name and he said, is in the house. Well, you just made it easy for people. So if you were there, you're getting arrested. It's, you know, not, they're not going to get them all, but they're going to get a lot of them. The guy that was uh, photographed sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet up. Better call your lawyer. You're going to need some help. The guy that was walking around with the podium from the uh, Secretary of State, or the uh, excuse me, the Speaker of the House, he was walking around with the you know picked her podium up and was walking around with it. Hey, call your lawyer because everybody's going to know who you are. So, you know. It, anyway, so that's that, and. Uh, I hope I never see anything like that again. I just, it's one of the, you know, we, we, we never thought we were going to see a pandemic where we'd all be wearing masks and forced to stay in our house. 
You know, I saw somebody said yesterday, well, it only took a week and 2021 told 2020 to hold its beer. You know, I mean, we are off, you know, everybody was like, oh, 2021 is going to be great. Okay, nowhere to go but up. Really? Yeah, great. Great start. So I hope I never see anything like this again. I never thought I'd see 9-11 either. You know, I mean, we never thought we'd see a pandemic. It just, it's like, you just, you know, uh, anyway, it just means I'm getting old. That's what it means. All right, let's get to uh, some sports news. Here in the state of Connecticut, another women's basketball game for UConn has been canceled. They are scheduled to play Providence on Saturday. As of right now, that's still on. But they were supposed to go play at Xavier uh, next Wednesday. That game has already been postponed because Xavier has issues with uh, contact tracing because of the coronavirus. They're hoping, well, they're going to, there will be a makeup date. It's a conference game, so they have to make it up. But as of right now, UConn will play Providence on Saturday, and they don't have another game scheduled until the 16th when they're supposed to play Villanova. Now, they may try to add a non-conference game or try perhaps to uh, move up one of its – they still have 15 more conference games to play. They may try to move one of those up. Uh, but if they don't, that means they will play one game in 17 days, two games in 25 days. Think about that. You're going to play two games in 25 days, you know, and for a – you know, you got to you, – you can't get any kind of rhythm going. You can't – you know, you can only practice so much. So, and this is what we're going to have all year. If the NCAA tournament happens on time, I'll be shocked. You know, uh, we're going to have a situation in college basketball, probably the same way we did in college football this year, where we had a team like Ohio State that only played six games and yet finds itself in a national championship game uh, despite playing only six regular season games. We might, you know, we might have college basketball teams that play, you know, 15 games this year. You know, I hope not, but that's where we're at because it's we're still, you know, a couple of months away, probably, well, actually, we're probably four or five months away from the vaccine being rolled out enough where we start to get that immunity and we don't have to worry about this as much. But the Big East has already had 13 games uh, postponed between January 2nd and January 13th. They're supposed to play 20 games. So, I mean, and so in an 11-day period, they've already had to postpone 13 games. It's going to be hard. I mean, and you may go from playing two games in 25 days like UConn to all of a sudden at the end of the season, them trying to cram in four games in seven days so that you can get the 20 conference games in. So I don't know, I don't know how they do it. It's going to be difficult. Uh, the, you know, and we look at men's basketball is having the same problem. Uh, Marshall's had to call off a couple of uh, games against Charlotte this weekend because Marshall doesn't have enough teams to play because of the coronavirus, uh, contact tracing, and injuries. The ACC has had to postpone the game this weekend between Louisville and Georgia Tech because of positive tests. I mean, you just go down the line, and just about every league, uh, uh, American University and Lehigh have the same problem this weekend. I mean, it's just one. Just keep going. Washington out in the Pac-12. Um had to call off their women's game uh, this weekend with Arizona. You know, it's so it's it's just it's a daily scoreboard of, of who can play and who can't. And it's crazy. 
We had a game called off yesterday. It had nothing to do with coronavirus. They had to call off a game yesterday between George Washington and UMass. Game was supposed to be at George Washington. And because of what went on in our capital yesterday, they had to call it off. And so they're going to try to uh, reschedule that one. Uh, UMass was already down there, but because of the unrest in the streets, they felt it wouldn't be safe. Uh, there was nothing else going on. No other uh, you know, professional sports events scheduled to take place in Washington yesterday. So that was the only one that was going on, and that was scheduled to begin at 6 o'clock at GW, but they just felt that it uh, uh, discretion was the better part of valor as far as that went, and it's probably the right move. 47 minutes past the hour. We'll take another break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the wake up call. A few minutes left this morning. Uh, again, I, you know, I apologize that I know everybody is here for the sports, but there, there are just times when uh, you have to you, you have to address the elephant in the room. And this is one of those times. Uh, coming up tomorrow on Friday, we'll have Dan Zampano for his uh, normal Friday NFL visit. Uh, we'll talk about all the playoff games coming up this weekend. Get his fearless predictions and uh, how he thinks things are going to go this weekend a lot of things up in the air of course uh, Cleveland's going to be without their head coach and a couple other players Washington doesn't even know if they're going to, if Alex Smith is going to be able to play uh, not sure it's going to matter because I think Tampa's going to steamroll them anyway but uh, there are some questions there uh, so uh, we'll have Dan on tomorrow morning at 9:30 hope you can join us for that uh, some NBA action from last night the Boston Celtics with a uh, big win over the Miami Heat last uh, season's NBA finalists, a tip-in by Peyton Pritchard with uh, two-tenths of a second left off of a uh, Marcus Smart miss gives the Celtics uh, the two-point victory, 107-105. to After a kind of a rough start to the season, the Celtics now find themselves 5-3. and three. Uh, And you think about this. I mean, you look at it. They've beaten Toronto. They've beaten Milwaukee. They've beaten the Heat. You know, they have got some pretty good wins, and they've done that without Kemba Walker. You know, think about that for a minute. You know, the, this is a team that uh, one of their best players is uh, is out, and yet they're still playing pretty well. Uh, Jason Tatum, 27 points last night. 21 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists uh, for Jalen Brown. Just continues to play well. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, really the story for the Celtics uh, six rebounds last night, including that offensive rebound tip-in uh, that gave the Celtics the victory. But Pritchard uh, has very quickly become a huge part of this Celtics rotation. You know, and uh, a lot of people uh, questioned his signing, and uh, he has he has been very very good. So a good win for the Celtics last night. They will host Washington on uh, Friday. Um, uh, tough news last night for the Orlando Magic. Uh, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night, 105 to 94. The problem with that, uh, in that is Markel Fultz, uh, former top overall draft pick, uh, tore his knee up, uh, tore the ACL in his left knee in the first quarter of the game last night. He was off to the best start of his career. Uh, he signed a three-year, $50 million extension last month. Uh, this is the guy that was taken number one overall back in 2017. And uh, he was averaging 14, uh, about 14.5 points a game through the first seven games this season. And uh, he will be out for the rest of the season. So that is a, uh, a tough blow uh, for the Magic. You know, we mentioned the elections going on down in uh, Georgia. And, of course, both the Democrats uh, won that election, which is awesome. 
because now uh, the Republicans don't have control of the Senate anymore. Uh, but one of the Kelly Loeffler was one of the senators who lost the incumbent from Georgia, and she is the owner of the WNBA's Atlanta Dream franchise. And LeBron James had made a comment about, hey, I think I'm going to put together an ownership group to buy the team uh, from Loeffler, and he said, who's in? Well, yesterday the tweet came in from Mookie Betts, and Mookie said, count me in. So now Mookie Betts and LeBron James uh, might be teaming up, you know, and maybe they'll get some other people involved uh, to buy the dream. Now, the dream has been uh, valued at around $13 million bucks. Now, considering that uh, LeBron James is going to make 40 mil this year and uh, Betts is scheduled to make 20, $22.5 million next year, I mean, between the two of them, they can handle that, right? Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's more than enough. Now there's no, no, uh, no news that Loeffler actually wants to sell the team. However, you would think she probably does considering that her entire team was wearing t-shirts and campaigning for her opponent in the election. They were telling everybody to vote against their own owner. So one would think that Loeffler might want to cut <laughs> cut ties uh, with the dream when your own teammate, you know, when your own team isn't even behind you. Uh, <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, news out of Clemson yesterday, to the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, Trevor Lawrence declared for <laughs> the uh, NFL draft. Uh, you know, everybody knew he was coming out, but uh, he had another year of eligibility. But he sent out a uh, a uh, video. On social media yesterday, announcing that he was leaving school and declaring uh, for the uh, NFL draft, uh, thirty-four and two in his college career, thirty-four and two. You know, and those losses were in uh, the college football playoffs. Uh, he was second in the Heisman race on Tuesday night. Uh, of course, that was won by Devonta Smith from Alabama. Uh, but uh, so he's going out. Yeah, geez, there's a shock, right? Um, so, uh, Joey Lawrence officially will be a member of the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Chan Gailey resigned as the Dolphins offensive coordinator yesterday. Uh, they had, Chan Gailey had come out of retirement, uh, to, uh, to work with the bills and, uh, decided that, uh, he'd had enough. Uh, it was one day after his 69th birthday and uh, also one day after the head coach, Brian Flores, had said that he expected all of his assistant coaches to return in 2021. Now, you know, look, the Dolphins scored 404 points this year. That's the highest total for a Dolphin team since 1986. Uh, but you you have to wonder, I mean, he was part of the uh, crew that was trying to develop to attack of Iowa and uh, who went 6-3 and three as a starter, and you wonder if, uh, that was part of his reason that reasoning that maybe he realized that Tua wasn't going to be the guy and he just, you know, didn't, didn't want to deal with it anymore. I don't know, but, uh, it does mean that uh, Brian Flores is going to have to find his third offensive coordinator in three years. So, uh, Chan Gailey is out in Miami and the offensive coordinator for the chiefs, Eric B uh, it just interviewed for the head coaching job with the New York jets. Uh, Biennemi is 51 years old. Um, 
He's also interviewed with Atlanta and Detroit earlier in the week. It's the second time, by the way, that Biennemi has interviewed with the Jets. Uh, he interviewed with them before they hired Adam Gase back in uh, 2019. So uh, we shall see. Uh, Biennemi, a former NFL running back with the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Eagles, played nine years in the league um, and uh, has been a, a coach since uh, – 2001 so uh, we shall see I mean the Jets look nowhere to go but up so uh, Eric Bieniemy is in the mix in New York once again that's going to do it for us here this morning we'll be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the wake up call and of course Dan Zampano as I said at 9 30 we leave you this morning with some music from the Zach Brown band I play the road have a peaceful day everybody and uh, let's hope it is a peaceful day in our country we'll see you tomorrow you've been listening to the wake up call on sports country